Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. All right, welcome in. Another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we are talking District 3 athletics week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by Logan Green, our Treasure Valley expert. What's up, LG? Hey, Brandon. You know, just... uh just living life it's you know i i in a couple of my games this past few weeks we've been talking about um idaho launch right and so i'm sure everybody's heard about it if you've done anything with idaho sports you've heard about idaho launch um but we were you know it says the priority deadline is is november 30th and and we're looking at it and we're like wow that's in three weeks wow that's the week before thanksgiving wow thanksgiving's next week um it's i feel like it's snuck up i feel like it's i do know thanksgiving is early this year right because it's it's like the earliest it can be i think maybe maybe there's it can be one more day earlier but it's very early this year it's crazy to think that literally a week from today is thanksgiving so uh time is time is chugging right along are you a uh are you a listen to christmas music early person brandon or decorate Uh, early or are you are you strict heavy well so I, my favorite holiday of the year is Thanksgiving. It combines all my favorite things, food, family, food and, food. and football, right? Food, family, football, yeah. it all kind of comes together on Thanksgiving. That's, that's my jam. That's what I'm about. Um, so I really used to be one of these people that would get really offended. Like Christmas is infringing on my holiday. We haven't even had Thanksgiving yet. And then like, I'm sure you've discovered through marriage, Logan, um, you make compromises in your marriage. My wife is really big into Christmas. So by Mm -hmm. proxy, I now am really big into Christmas. Uh, (laughs) we, we, we yes. we went we actually got some christmas scented candles last week and we've been lighting them up so yes christmas time has arrived in the baney house <laughs> see i don't have a problem with it i like it like when i went to home depot last night and they had tons of christmas stuff and i'm like buy it all like i i i'm in i will buy i i like christmas stuff but when i, I was driving to homedale to do a game on saturday and the, the radio station had turned over to christmas and i'm like all right yes and I listened to it and I just, I couldn't do it. It just didn't be, I don't know why it just didn't feel like it yet. I think it is just because it's only the 16th. Now that's not saying I want, I, I wanted it to be there, but it just didn't, it doesn't feel the same, right. As when you were a kid anyway. Um, but I was hoping that it would, I would be more ready for it. Maybe this weekend uh, on the drive to Pocatello, it'll, uh, it'll start to rev up and the, the drive to Thanksgiving, I feel like is all right. I am, I'm ready now. I'm ready for it fully. Um, but my things, you talked about football. I was excited for basketball this Thanksgiving, but my, so my, um, my brother-in-law, he's a huge BYU fan and everybody, I'm a huge NC state fan. Well, they're both playing in one of those holiday tournaments in Las Vegas this year. And, uh, and we were going to go to Vegas for it, but my nephew plays basketball for Ridgeline right across the border there. Um, in Liberty Lake and they have, you know, they got to hit their 10 practice limit. Right. Or so I think they're even practicing on Thanksgiving morning. If not, they're doing one the night before Thanksgiving and then black Friday morning, like to hit their 10, they have to do it every day. So he couldn't go. So I'm a little disappointed that I'm not heading to, to Vegas for that. That would have been a fun, <laughs> fun one to go to, but we'll just watch it. Our, our Thanksgiving will be full of basketball. Yeah, I love basketball. Uh, I think everyone knows, or if you don't, you're about to find out. Like, I I like football. I love basketball. I think you're in the same boat, right? 
What do you I, like better? I don't know. That's a hard question. I, if you ask me in the middle of football season, football is my favorite. Mm. If you ask me in the middle of basketball season, basketball, it kind of goes, I will say this professionally. I am an NFL fan more than an NBA fan. Um, I like the Hornets, but they're, you know, not like enough to like be dedicated to the Hornets. Like I should be the Panthers. I will watch every, every game of this putrid season I have sat through and watched. And so at least from a fan perspective, I, I enjoy my NFL team more than my NBA team. But when it comes to college basketball, where I grew up, that is it, right? Is uh, college basketball reigns supreme. And so I, I go back and forth. It's a tough question. You can't ask me that right in the middle of both of them. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the, that's the problem. And I think I've, I've, this is my annual diatribe where I uh, complain about the blurred lines. That's how I feel lately, Logan, because yes, we have girls basketball has already started in the state of Idaho, which by the way, we are finishing up our statewide girls basketball previews. We've got about 80% of them in. So if you go uh, to idahosports.com by the end of the week, all of the previews will be in for girls basketball and what should be a great celebration, a signature opening. I mean, Coeur d'Alene and a he played last night in girls hoops, Logan. Did anybody know that besides the Coeur d'Alene and Hawaii fans? Probably not because the start of girls basketball season every year gets overshadowed by the semifinals and the championships for football. Yeah. I hate. No, I, I agree. So a couple of years ago, it was a, a neutral site game. It was Cary and um, Garden Valley. They met at, at uh, Eagle for a state semifinal game. And I went and did that game and there was a basketball game going on and I felt bad, like everybody was out there at the football game. Like, well, you know, the, the workers had to help run this event in football when they had a basketball game inside. And ever since then, and yeah, it's just like a sour taste. Like I know Middleton girls had a game and like, it just, it's like that happened. And, and it, it's bad. Like I wish they got the opening weekend that everybody else gets. And yeah. I mean, even some boys basketball teams, like if their team was out of the tournament, you know, out of state football, they're, they're already deep in it. Right. They, they might've even had their 10 practices and they're, they're ready to go. Um, it, it, you don't see that with other sports, right? Like basketball ends and then you get some time to, to decompress before softball and baseball start. Um, and, and not, not here. It's uh, they're, they're already going. So like you said, a little unfortunate um, overlap right there. I just don't know how we hit, we can't figure this out, Logan. I have lived in Montana for most of my life. I have also lived and and worked in sports broadcasting in Wyoming and Nebraska, and none of those states have. And I've even covered teams in Colorado and stuff. None of those states have this this crossing of of sports seasons. I don't understand why Idaho can't. And you. <sighs> I'm trying to figure out a nice way to say this. Idaho seems to be really slow to change on some things. Well, it's just the way it's always been, and that's the way we're doing it. I know you as an out-of-stater and me as an out-of-stater have noticed that from people that have lived in Idaho their entire lives, specifically when it comes to like changing things in terms of sports especially. Yeah, and I mean, there, there <laughs> there's another event that we could talk about that just happened a couple weeks ago that probably needs to look at a change. Yeah. Um, but uh, – I don't know. There's just, there's, there's, there's multiple ways, right. To gut a fish or, you know, whatever your, your favorite saying on that is, um, th there's lots of, of ways that we can do this. Um, 
I don't know. It's, this is a question, you know, for one, maybe one of our off season prep casts that we did last summer. Um, Cause you could move, move state basketball back maybe a little bit, but then even then you're, you're pushing up the start of, of half the teams can't even play baseball in, in early March, <laughs> you know, they're uh, so I, I don't know what the answer is. Nobody here. I don't think you or I are saying what the answer is, but uh, it would be better if basketball had their own opening that was completely independent of the end. Cause even it's like, everything is still going on. There's still a lot of parts moving around right now. And like you said, stuff just goes flying right under the radar. Yeah. I, I, I think I have an idea that would, I mean, it's always easier to say it than to actually do it, but you take a week from fall and you add a week to winter where and there's too many football teams that are qualifying for the playoffs. I think everybody can agree on that. There are several, so lop off that opening round of the playoffs, get rid of it. Shorten yeah, the playoff field for football round and that's yes. It. Shorten the playoffs by a week and add a week and everybody starts in December. That's how Montana does it. They start in December. It's not a bad option, Brandon. I mean, you look at it like it, it is what it is, right? We, we had blowouts this week in state football, yeah. like, and, and honestly, the week before was there, you guys talked about this on the eight man prep cast. Was there a, there wasn't any many close games in in the semi in the quarterfinals, right? Like it, it was a lot of just blowouts, and it's like you got around before that. I mean, heck, four A, sixteen teams, what sixteen of twenty four get in? That's like you yeah. you can just have a heartbeat and you make it to state and four A football, and uh, yeah, maybe there needs to be you know some cutbacks here on that. And I mean, that's a great idea, right? And yeah, it sucks for some teams that aren't going to get in. Um, but you know what? Like I said on the other one, you want to get in, be one of the best eight teams. Like, don't you know that? And 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 you know what? That's going to open a whole other can of worms. You know, oh, I didn't get in, and um, you know, some at large teams you didn't get in, and I and I can see that. But you know, we can adjust how that occurs. Um, and I'm ready for that argument because people are going to say, well, we just want more opportunities for more kids, right? That's the, so we want more teams. Okay. That's great. And I'm all in favor of that. But when it robs opportunities from these incredible young women that are playing yes. basketball, that's where I draw the line and sorry, um, your opportunities, your football opportunities do not outweigh girls, basketball opportunities. Yeah. Your two and seven football team doesn't yeah. like I, no disrespect to Marsh Valley, but uh, we did their game against uh, Weezer and the team had won two games and, and yeah. they, you know, coming across the state for a playoff game and, and, and they shouldn't have been there. Like they was, they were not that good com compared to Weezer, right? Uh, you know, they really struggled in that game and, you know, it's going to open up a, well, you know, is it district champs and then a couple at larges and and all that, and, and I'm sure that will be a nice mess. And but we could figure that out, right? We could even have a, you can even have a buy into the semifinals, right? If you're the number one seed, you get an automatic bid to the to the semis, and then that still allows eight other teams to get in and behind you in, in the quarters or what or something like that. I don't know. Conversation yeah. for another day, but if it allows girls basketball to have more of their highlight week, yeah, I'm all for it because it seems like you know they get their highlight week 
for for state tournament, which is great. But it would be nice to also let them have, and they don't because there's still boys right. districts going on. So it would be nice if they had their own week, right, at the beginning yes. of the year where it's we are the sport, and it it, it does get overshadowed, and and that that stinks. I mean, Caldwell girls they played Burley uh, last night or the night before, and uh, and, and they won. That's a big win for Caldwell, right? They have struggled the last few years and Burley I know is not what they were two years ago, but um, that's a team that won a state championship not that long ago. And, and Caldwell gets a huge win and that should be the, the topic of conversations. And it's, it's more surrounded on the, the state football championships who, which it should, because that's a huge event, but it, it, it overshadows other things going on. Yeah. And, and um, I got a lot of pushback from, Scott and Paul during our offseason roundtable about this, where I said, why can't we have boys and girls state tournaments held on the same weekend? That's how Montana does it. So, hey, the class 5A boys and girls tournaments are going to be held at this location. So if both of your schools qualify, let's say Eagle, both their boys and girls qualify. Okay, well, both teams are going to be playing the same weekend at the same place. Fans can watch both teams compete when you have and. They tried to tell me, oh, more people watch girls state than boys districts, and I don't buy it. I'm not believing that for a second. You're telling me that if the Sugar Salem girls are playing in Boise at the state tournament and the Sugar Salem boys are playing in a district championship game at home in Sugar, more people aren't going to go to that boys basketball game? You're crazy. I don't believe that for a second. Just because of location, just because it's there. Like, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. So I, I think they get doubly slapped here where that's true the start of their season gets overshadowed by football and the and the end of their season gets overshadowed by boys district tournaments so i don't know i i feel bad for the girls basketball players coaches uh fans because they get the short end of the stick and there's got to be a better way that's all and we've had some awesome basketball players that we have awesome like i mean we had amari whiting who is she led byu in scoring the other night like she is a legitimate p5 basketball player avery howell is going to go to usc and do the same thing down there like you know we there's multiple others around the state right now that are going to make an impact at the division one level and they should have you know more of that spotlight on them without without even hesitating i can just off the top of my head name at least five division one players avery howell boise cj lotta minico brindley cannon shelley cambry barber rigby Tegan Colvin Cordelaine. Like I didn't even have to break a sweat to name five legitimate division one girls basketball players. Power five. That's not, that's yeah. These, these are not going to Chicago state to play basketball. This is like legit D one power five programs. Yeah. So anyways, we will have a more to say about girls basketball. Once football finally concludes, uh, probably next week. But until then, we do have our state previews. Uh, we're going to have our preseason conference uh, polls, all of that good girls basketball stuff, and all the scores, of course, as well at idahosports.com. All right, Logan, let's get back to fall sports here because uh, yeah. we're still in it. Um, it's still, and, but that's not to say we're not excited right, right, for this right. weekend. That, it's it's a two-edged sword. Like yes. That stinks that they're not there, but we are down to one of the, the most – fun events of the year right i think outside of state basketball yeah um the state football tournament championships are are some of the best environments in the state yep for sure um okay so let's talk about quickly two weeks ago logan state swimming took place at the boise ymca uh great facility but uh 
you know, and we'll get into what actually happened at the swimming championships, but the overwhelming theme I, I heard from fans yeah. and, and it was mostly fans from East Idaho. Um, but seating at the YMCA, um, the, a, the arena wasn't filled to full capacity and B a lot of parents that drove all the way to Boise to watch their, their sons or daughters compete were turned away at the door and they were SOL basically. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't want to say numbers that are completely wrong, so I won't, but you know, there was right. a certain amount of, of tickets available. And then if you looked at the ratio to actual swimmers, there wasn't two tickets per swimmer available. Um, or if there, if there was, it was just two and that was it. But I, I, I it might've been like one and a half or something if you looked at the ratio. So you have to decide which parent gets to go in and, and see you compete at a state tournament. I get it. Swimming is not going to bring in, you know, it's, it's not going to bring, it's not going to fill the Kibbe dome. It's not going to fill Holt arena like a, a state championship football game would, but every parent should have the opportunity to go. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I know maybe this will change in the future. If they're going to use the Boise, why uh, terrific, but there's this new Idaho central aquatic center in Boise that held some national tournaments this summer. And, uh, seats around a thousand people from what I can tell there. Um, maybe that's an option going forward. And if it's not, it should, it should be at least looked at. I mean, I don't think that we're wrong in saying that, that an arena that, that can sit over a thousand people that is built for swimming competitions, not just, this is the YMCA that happens to have a pool. This is, this is a pool built for championship type events that has over a thousand seats in it. Um, this should be considered in the future going forward. And this is, this is not the conversation of East, West, North, South. This is, here's a facility in the state that can accommodate everyone. Um, and if it was in Riggins, we do it in Riggins. I think, you know, I don't think it matters where that e venue is. I think we have a venue and we should look at to using that going forward. And I don't know, maybe there was a conflict um, with the schedule. I don't know. So I'm not, we're not saying anything there, but that should be something that's looked at going forward to using that facility. Yeah. And, and, and the reality is, is there are no other facilities in the state, um, East Idaho, North Idaho that could host, uh, may, may, I don't even know, maybe university of Idaho in Moscow, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but definitely not in East Idaho. Kids have to compete outside. They have to practice outside in November. Um, yeah, they're, in, they're swimming the, across American falls reservoir just to get their laps in over there. They that's, are in uh, some, that's some, brutal. <laughs> Some teams are having to practice at like 1030 at night because there's just limited lane space. And so I get it. Boise is perfectly good to host. And I think this new facility will uh, alleviate some of those problems. We just wanted to let everybody know the fans that we, we heard you. We, and we yeah. understand your frustrations definitely with not being able to watch your, your athletes compete this year. I mean, I thought so. we were past that right with COVID. That's so that was a whole gripe with COVID is people couldn't get in and, and, it rears its head again at a state tournament. So, yeah. And, and fun. I mean, not I, fun. I, and I will tell you, I saw pictures on social media with tons of empty seats. Yeah. Um, and the bleachers, plenty of room. And it's a, um, you know, I don't know why uh, it's why not filled. Why couldn't they get in to, to go watch? Right. That, that part I'm not sure about, but I did see pictures with my own eyes that there was a lot. Yeah, I know. I saw this probably the same pictures that I saw <laughs> yeah. where there uh -huh. were seats left. So, I mean, something that's yeah. not one that you can just say like, 
uh, no, you got to have an explanation for that. I think like that's, that stinks for those parents that couldn't get in to see their kids. And here are the numbers. And again, this is from someone online. I did not verify this, um, but this is what is the talk online. Uh, 300 kids qualified for state swimming. There were 425 passes or tickets sold. So that's not even, I mean, like you said, one and like a, an eighth per, per kid, uh, because two would be obviously 600. And, um, so anyways, so one and an eighth you said, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's not the official number, but it's definitely not two that then I was right with my man. Not not quite two, two. not, not, not even close to two. I mean, 425, if it was two per kid, it'd be 600. So you're, you're way off. Oh, right. Um, So not even, yeah, yeah, see, that's not even close. So I would be, I would, I can say as a parent, like, I mean, I've got four kids. If I was told I couldn't go see my, I mean, my oldest is, is nine. Like he doesn't, it's not like his athletic events are the peak of sporting competition. But if I was told, oh, you you can't, you know, there's not enough seats in here for you. I, I would, I would be livid. I would even even just watch his nine year old basketball game to watch the score be twelve to six. You know, I like I I, I try to I want to be at everything for my kids and to be there and not have in in that a state championship. I just I can't imagine the frustration that people are feeling. Yeah, um, it's anyway. So we wanted to just let all the fans know we heard you, and and I'm sure, like we said, if they move to this new arena. Um, these problems will go away, but we, we definitely, uh, sympathize with, uh, the parents that weren't able to watch in terms of Logan, what happened in the pool, the actual results. Um, let's, let's start because we'll talk about the five, eight girls and what happened there. But first, um, we have to, we have to appreciate what happened on the boys side at the five, a meet Logan, where Boise high won their ninth consecutive championship with 234 points now this goes back to before swimming was even a sanctioned event <laughs> that's how long boise has been winning for has been dominating <laughs> in in the history of it being an officially sanctioned sport nobody else besides boise high has won um the individual champions for boise because they piled up 234 points so they it was a blowout uh the 200 medley relay tyler young connor pencer jack Piro, christopher beckley they got a win the 200 freestyle relay jasper shoe connor pencer jack Piro, and evan jordan the 400 freestyle they swept the relays uh christopher beckley evan jordan tyler young jasper shoe so all three relay teams take first place um, Tyler Young of Boise also wins the 100 backstroke with a time of 53-54. Top individual, though, Logan, at the 5A boys uh, meet was Jacob Schubert from Middleton. He was a double winner in the 1 and the 2 100 uh, freestyle events. So way to go, Jacob Schubert from Middleton. Yeah, nice job there. You know, And, and we saw this in a couple other sports, right, where um, somebody won first place um, outside of the uh, team that won state overall i think it happened that it happened in, i think it happened in cross country and and golf maybe it as well but you know it's just it's just always interesting in these sports how you can you can still win a state championship but not as a team so yes for sure uh, do you so, yeah. go back and brag and be like hey i won a trophy you guys didn't like to your own team like, <laughs> i don't <they're, laughs> i don't think so but i think it mo- i think it motivates the other guys um i i think for yeah. sure i've i've been part i was uh you know i did track and field in high school and and when i was in high school we had awesome hurdlers awesome distance runners 
awesome sprinters and jumpers and i was a thrower and our throwers were just we, we sucked logan we were not good and one year we lost the divisional championship by one point and our our all-state hurdler comes over and all this all us throwers are just sitting on the grass eating sandwiches and he comes over and he's like one point all i needed was one gd <laughs> point from you guys and he left and we all kind of looked at each other and we were like oh man i do feel kind of bad that we let the team I down i feel bad <laughs> Yeah, yeah let for the guys sure. down. Yeah. So I, I think that definitely does happen a little bit. Um, okay. Other champions from the 5A boys meet. Josh Hart of Meridian wins the 100 breaststroke and he sets a new record in the process 56.59 seconds. So congratulations to Josh Hart from Meridian. And then Jaden Akpon from Mountain View uh, won the 500 freestyle as well. Now let's go to the 5A girls competition, Logan, where Timberline um is competing on saturday um and then mike mike Liklama at the idaho statesman had a really good concise write-up of what exactly happened uh in this 5-8 girls championship event but basically timberline finishes up the 400 freestyle relay um and they think okay we have clinched the championship and we we have won the title um but officials come over to the timberline coaching staff and say actually um, you had a couple of swimmers that competed in more than four events. Four is the the maximum, and so uh, they've been disqualified in a couple of events. Um, essentially, uh, Timberline, because of the disqualifications, lost 64 points, which dropped it from first to second. Lake City wins the girls' championship. Timberline finishes second, Logan. I think it was a big misunderstanding. Timberline had on Friday... Um, swapped out a couple of swimmers on their relays because they wanted um, some of those swimmers that swapped out to focus on their individual events um, in the prelims to, to qualify for the finals, which I totally understand. I think Timberline thought, okay, the rule is you can't compete in more than four events in a day when the rule is you can't compete in more than four events over the course of the overall. Meet. So they had a couple of athletes compete in more than four um, it's a kind of an unfortunate situation, but um, Timberline seemed to take it in stride at least. And, and second place is still a great finish. Yeah, and that that's tough. It's tough, especially to think you won, you know, that that you had it done. But I think it's easier to to step back and, and maybe accept that when you see and you know, like, yeah, maybe I, I there was a mistake here. And I, you know, we did something differently that not everybody else did. So. I, I can understand that if it was a completely um, – well, I did exactly what everyone else did. That might be a little uh, tougher pill to swallow. But uh, it, no no matter how you cut it, you thought you won a championship and then had to have it taken away, and that, that's not that's not an easy thing to do. Um, but still, sec like you said, second place, still a great finish. Um, it showed that you've got some of the best athletes in the state. I think, you know, e even with that happening – uh, you were able to get it done. And and I think probably the part that maybe tastes the worst in the mouth is what if you had somebody else in there and they had done just the same? I think that's that's always, you know, I bet in their minds they could have had a very similar result with a different person in there instead. And that's probably the part that I think is is the hardest of this to know that we could have gotten it done with, you know, person five instead of person two in there. And uh, if we had, then then we're still state champs. Right. Yeah, it's a tough situation for sure. Um, 
And Timberline did well, of course, uh, in the individual events. They did win the 400 freestyle relay. Gabriella Midget, Zoe Bitwork, Caitlin Bolt, Francesca Hunt was the anchor there. Francesca Hunt, also a double winner, Logan, in the 100 freestyle and the 100 breaststroke. She set a new state record in the 100 breaststroke with a time of one minute, 3.87 seconds. And then Kathy Nye from Timberline was a double winner in the 200 individual medley and the 100 butterfly. So congratulations to both Francesca Hunt and Kathy Nye for being double winners for the Wolves. And that kind of paints the picture of, yeah, I could see how they were in the mix for the championship. Um, other champions, Brooke Collins of Eagle won the 50 freestyle and Keegan near from Rocky mountain won the 100 backstroke as well. Yeah. Congrats to everybody. Um, there at state swimming, uh, lots of good performances. Just, uh, again, too, too bad that, uh, not, not as many people could get in there that maybe wanted to get in there. For sure. And quickly, we'll go over the 4A competition. Logan, I know you're going to be shocked to hear this, but Bishop Kelly yeah. did really well. Bishop Kelly <laughs> right? did well. What do you know? <laughs> um, Bishop Kelly on the boys' side wins their fourth title in five years. They get 226 points in all. Uh, champions from BK, they swept the relays. 200 medley relay. Shea Stratton, Jack Rubaki, Cameron Shower, and Ben Rubaki. They set a new record. One minute, 37.76 seconds. 200 freestyle relay. Jack Rubaki, Jack Cartel, Ben Rubaki, and Adam Hansen. They set a new record in that relay as well. One minute, 31.08 seconds. And then the 400 freestyle relay, Logan, also won by Bishop Kelly, Jack Rubaki, Cameron Shower, Ben Rubaki, and Shea Stratton. They set a new record in this event as well. Three minutes, <laughs> 13 points. Three for three. Three minutes, 13.74 seconds. So BK sweeps the relays and they set new records in every single one. That's the way to do it, right? You have your best performance at the state tournament. You know, you can win. You can set a PR or, you know, set some sort of record in the middle of September. And yeah, sure. But to do it at a state tournament, that is definitely going to probably get you a state championship. Yeah. Which is exactly what it did. Not that they weren't going to do it either way, but, uh, it definitely makes your case. Definitely. So Jack Rubaki was on three of those relay teams. He was on, he was on all three relays, Logan, three golds. He also won the, the lone individual event. He was in the 50 free uh, with the time of 2207. So Jack Rubaki literally went four for four yeah. in first place finishes. And so did Shea Stratton. Shea Stratton swam on two of the relay teams. And then he also uh, won the 200 individual medley and the 100 backstroke. And by the way, Shea Stratton set new records in both of those events as well. 154.63 in the 200 IM, 49.90 in the 100 backstroke. So Stratton also goes four for four and is uh, part of four new state records. Well, he, he beat second place by six seconds in that 100 backstroke in third place by by over seven like that's a that's a long time to be sitting around turning watching to see who's coming up behind you uh they weren't particularly close uh, just kind of running away with it there are those bk swimmers yeah cameron shower also uh was on two of those relays for bk he wins the 100 butterfly also with a time of 53 26 on the girl side bishop kelly takes second sandpoint is your 4a state champion they only finished eight points behind the bulldogs so this was a very close race but bk takes second with 173 points 
BK did win the 400 freestyle relay. Lucy Penna, Anya Mueller, Ashlyn Christie, and Caitlin Giffen. Um, Lucy Penna also won the 50 freestyle. Caitlin Giffen wins the 100 backstroke and um, for Bishop Kelly. And one new record set on the 4A girls' side. It came from Sadie Schaefer of Skyview, Logan. She wins the 200 individual medley with a new state record time of 2 minutes and 12.14 seconds. Awesome. She also won the 100 freestyle as well. So she had a good performance there for Skyview. Two, two events that she won over the weekend. Yep. So way to go there. So congrats to all of our swimmers that competed so well. And um, every year, Logan, because it is still a fairly new event in terms of being sanctioned, um, new records are happening every year, which is awesome right. to see. Um, I think that'll taper off eventually, but um, yeah. way to go there. All right, Logan, let's wrap up with state football. There are uh, six state championship games this weekend and only what one team, one, one yeah. team left. It's uh, well, Bishop Kelly. Hey, what do you know? Uh, Bishop Kelly competing in the 4A state championship game. We'll talk about that in just a second, but quickly last team standing in the other classifications. It was Eagle at the 5A level. They lose to Coeur d'Alene seven to six in the semis last week at the 3A level. It's Homedale. They lose to Teton 49 to 42. Jack Nelson, their quarterback scores uh, the game winning touchdown for Teton with like 13 seconds to play on a 25 yard touchdown run. Last team standing from 2A was Melba. They fall to Declo last week in the semifinals. And then in the eight-man ranks, uh, Notice got bounced in the quarterfinals by Oakley in the 1AD1 bracket. And last week in the 1AD2 competition, um, we didn't have anybody still fighting. Or yeah, Garden Valley they lost, lost in Camas the, County. In yeah. the in the was that the semifinals or the quarterfinals? No, the quarters. Qu yeah, quarters. They, they went to Camas County. It was that weird three o'clock in the afternoon game in uh Fairfield, but they, and the, and Tri Valley lost on the road um, to, to Rockland. Rockland. Yep. Uh, so congratulations to all of the teams that made it that far. Logan, I want to ask you really quickly. What is the bigger gut punch Eagle falling to Coeur d'Alene seven to six mm. in a game where Eagle doubled Coeur d'Alene's offensive yardage output and had 19 first downs to Coeur d'Alene's four. Is that the bigger gut punch, or is it Homedale getting into a shootout with Teton and losing on the game-winning touchdown with 13 seconds to play? Uh, I, I was at the Homedale game, so I I mean, I saw that one firsthand. That was that was brutal for Homedale fans, and I felt bad. I did like, and I and I was saying this to Clay um, when we were there, and and we don't have favorite teams at Idaho Sports. We love everybody the same. But there are teams that I feel I feel for, and one of those teams I feel for is Homedale. They have just been right there <clears throat> for years, just on the doorstep of winning a championship, and and it and for for five of those years or four of them, whatever they've come on the uh, they they've lost to the same team, and 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 then the one year that team doesn't win it, it's to your arch rival. Up up highway ninety five like it, it just the combination of of they're a good team they they you would think they should have a state championship somewhere in there and and they I think they thought that maybe this was their year their defense was so good um, and then the defense just disappeared in this game against Teton and I think that's probably a a frustration and 
Ah, man, it was that was a game for the ages, though. Um, and and again, Brandon, I said I said this on the eight man prep guest. I I am an emotional person when it comes to football games, whether it's kids being excited or not. There was a kid sitting beside us that was like, ex- I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years old, super into the game, like anytime home because I, I see me in these kids, right? That's what I see jumping up and down, screaming every time Homedale scored, like so into it and then just so crushed when it happened. And I, I just like, I, I like, man, I, I've been there kid. Like my, <laughs> I haven't seen any of my teams win a championship. Um, but that was, it was tough to see for Homedale. Now, if you look at Eagle, you had a field goal to win it and you, and, and it missed and you were, you could argue that you were the better offensive team in that game. Um, like you said, doubling up the yardage and, and you could just look at it and say opportunities wasted. Um, and, and, and same with Meridian too, right? They, they lose to, to Highland on mm. the road and, and they're yeah. another team like Homedale that has been, been right there. They had that Epic semifinal game three years ago uh, against Rigby where it went into like three overtimes and, it was just going to be who had it last and who took the risk and Rigby did it. And, and, you know, they, they go and they, they lose to a Highland team that they beat earlier in the year. So I, I don't think any way you cut it for the treasure Valley teams that lost this week, that it was a pleasant experience. I think all of them on the drive home or, you know, or at, you know, at their meal after the game, they sat there and think, man, I should have had that. I, I, we should still be in this game, but I'm gonna go with Homedale, the most the most backbreaking one, just because of all that they've you know tried to do the last couple of years, and and just to be right there and just, I mean that that touchdown run that Jack Nelson had, he should have been sacked, like he was he was in I I was calling the game and I was about to say and Nelson is brought down in the backfield and he somehow snuck his way out of it and that was. Just the way that that game was going, Homedale got down by two scores in this game, and and at the time we're thinking the way the offense was going for for Teton is there, there's no way they're coming back from this thing, and and somehow they find their way back, they take the lead, and uh, and then it just slips away. So brutal losses across the board for the Treasure Valley folks this weekend. Yeah, it's a, a tough a tough way to go for sure. But one team still alive. It's Bishop Kelly. They will play yeah. against Hillcrest on Friday night, 7 o'clock inside Albertson Stadium on the campus of Boise State University. I will be honest, Logan, and I will come back and wear it next week if I'm wrong. I'm, I I don't have a good feeling about this game for Bishop Kelly. I really don't. I think Hillcrest has kind of been the wire-to-wire best team all year in Class 4A. Um, they have survived a couple of really tight games against good teams like Skyline and Pocatello. Bishop Kelly, yeah. let's, be, let's be honest, the 4A SIC wasn't the greatest conference this year, and they struggled with some of their opponents in league. And really, even last week, they beat Pokey uh, in the semifinals 28-18. to the defense for Bishop Kelly forced five turnovers, four interceptions and a fumble yeah. recovery. One of the interceptions was returned for a touchdown. Now, despite that BK still only wins by 10 and Pocatello, you know, made a comeback attempt late in that game. Um, I'm thinking like if boy, if Pocatello only turned the ball over three times instead of five, is it a different outcome? Right. And I just, I'm, I'm worried about Bishop Kelly coming into this matchup. 
Yeah, I can see that. I'll I'll play your devil's advocate here, right? Because that's that's what makes for good content, right? Um, <laughs> that's right. That BK defense still forced five turnovers, right? Um, who's to say they won't go out and force five more? Maybe you know what? Maybe the, you're right. Maybe the offense wasn't fully there. Um, but maybe that defense is good enough to win a championship. Now, if we look at last year, BK, they absolutely crushed Minico in the playoffs, in the semifinals to go to the championship. And then they get there, and they just didn't seem like they were ready for Skyline. Skyline won that game. Uh, they were in control in the second half. Now, this year, the semif- I think their opponent, Pocatello, obviously way better of an opponent than they played in, in Minico right, last year. Way more prepared. That Pocatello team, play, like you just mentioned it, played close games. I mean, they, they were close in the game with Highland this year. They were close in the game with Hillcrest. Uh, they, they played good competitive games throughout the year. Um, and Bishop Kelly was able to force five turnovers against them and win that game. Now, I think that's a better win. That's probably the best win that the Knights have had in a long time. We've seen them a couple of years in a row go to Century and lose in the first round in a game that people thought they should have won. And maybe this is not that year. Maybe, you know what, they they took care of business. They proved it. They beat uh, Pocatello. And, and, and I that's where I'm coming from. I think that because they, they got it done against a very good Pocatello team, uh, they forced five turnovers. Maybe they can force – it's going to take some turnovers to beat Hillcrest. It is. They are a very good team, like you said, wire to wire. Um, they are who they are, and and there's no reason that they shouldn't be quote favored in this game, right? But uh, BK has has done a good job, I think, and and if they can force five turnovers, they're going to give themselves an opportunity to win a state championship this week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I I will say one thing that might be in in Bishop Kelly's favor is Hillcrest's starting quarterback Peyton King did leave the semifinal win over Skyline with an injury um, and did not return. Tyson Sweetwood, the backup, came in and played pretty well, actually. So um, that will be a storyline to keep an eye on. You know, will Peyton King be available for Hillcrest or not? And that could change because he's a dual threat quarterback. Um, that could change what Hillcrest does a little bit offensively. But um, we'll we'll see. And like I said, I'd love to be wrong, BK Nation. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what, like, I always, sometimes I hate making these analysis, like, on game because I'm like, I don't want to sound like I don't think this team is good, but somebody has to win the game, right? It, it, it's, right. Somebody is better than the other. It is what it is. Somebody's going to make mistakes and not be as good as the other team. Um. So, that, but we say that from a purely analytical standpoint, not anything else emotional or anything like that. But th- it should be, I think it'll be a, f- a fun game uh, on the blue, Boise State. Um, uh, you know, I-, I think Bishop Kelly, you're, you're going to have a ton of fans. East Idaho always travels well. Last year at the state championship uh, for football, Rigby, they had their side filled up. Um, Hillcrest has been over here couple of years for state championships for basketball and they've packed the place. I think you're going to see a lot of Hillcrest fans make, there's going to be a lot of eight B plates over here uh, this weekend. And I, I think they will show up. And, and of course, you know, Bishop Kelly's you no know, hop, skipping a throw away from the BSU campus. So uh, they, they should have a lot. It should be a great environment on the blue on Friday night. On paper, the best matchup, the only matchup featuring undefeated teams. Uh, coming in every other championship matchup has at least one team that's suffered a loss somewhere along the way. Right. So um, should be fun. Uh, we did the Idaho sports.com pick six this week where all the prep casters pick 
uh, six games. There's only six games left this week. So we picked all of our championship winners. You did pick BK. I took Hillcrest. We did have celebrity pickers this week. Yeah. Uh, Logan as well. Who was your celebrity picker? Uh, mine was my wife. And so she picked, <laughs> she picked based on, I here, I'm going to pull it up real quick. I can't remember. She picked based on location. She's like, have I been there? Um, do I know somebody there? Um, and so that was her, um, inspiration on picking. Okay, here we go. I got to assume she, your wife, your wife's family lives in East Idaho. I got to assume. Yes. Hillcrest. <laughs> yeah. So her cousins went to Hillcrest and so that's why she picked Hillcrest is because her cousins went there. So, you know, she's going to pick them. So my nephews, they go to Idaho falls, but, um, her cousins that live, more in Ammon area, they went to Hillcrest, so that's why she picked them. So it wasn't gotcha. personal Bishop Kelly fans, it was purely, Hey, oh, I know somebody I've heard of that school before. That was that's right. yeah, she doesn't watch sports. So I, uh, I had my nine year old nephew that lives in Montana, um, Robert, uh, pick the games. He doesn't know anything about Idaho teams, obviously. So I just gave him, Okay. It's the Rams versus the Vikings at, mm-hmm. at, like for the five A, and the Rams are black and, and red and the Vikings are blue and red. And then I just had a pick. I said, okay, for this one, they're both the Knights, Robert. It's the Knights that are black and gold versus the Knights that are red and black. And he goes, Ooh, the golden black Knights kind of reminds me of the Vegas golden Knights hockey team. Mm. And they're pretty good. He said, but I really like the blood red of Hillcrest. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> Typical that's why he makes yeah. that pick. Yeah, See, my high that. school was the Knights. So I'm all for a night, night, like mm. a night, night, night. Right. Uh, we were blue and gold though. And we were definitely not in a state championship. So a little, a uh, little different, but uh, the Knights is a good, it's a good name. You were, There's, you were, you were bizarro, uh, BK instead of BK, you were KB and you guys weren't good at anything. <laughs> no, we Northern Durham Knights. Yeah. Um, we, we were really good in football until they built the new high school. Um, in the mid, in the mid nineties, they built a new high school and, uh, they took all the good football players and we were just left with the, with the scraps. So we, uh, we weren't really good at anything, but we were good at track and field, but I clearly was not a track and field athlete, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but there are two championships. If we're talking about mascot games, there are two matchups that feature Hornets and Pirates playing each other. Yeah, in, on the same day at the same field, which is kind of funny. They they don't have to at Holt Arena. They put up the name of the. They don't put like Highland versus Pocatello. It says you know Thunder versus Storm. You know whatever. So this Hornets uh, Pirates. They're not gonna have to change that. They just leave it the same. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting who uh, made it to the final weekend uh, for sure. Uh, and again, as a reminder, you can listen to every single state championship game in football for free yeah. on IdahoSports.com. All you have to do is click, click the game streams tab up on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. All right. Well, whether you are watching football this weekend or girls basketball or even wrestling, and you know, I think wrestling kind of gets going here pretty quick, too. Um, enjoy the competition this weekend, everybody. Uh, for Logan Green, I'm Brandon Maney, and we will be back next week to recap it all again on the Treasure Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com.